Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Jack Inslee is all about the new 30 for 30 about Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Uh, 80% McGuire, 20% Sosa. Uh, we talk about it. It's It happened. Please know that we have a Patreon account. You can find that in the podcast description if you're listening to it in iTunes or on youmethemeverybody.com. If you're listening to this on Spotify, please go to youmethemeverybody.com and our about page to find that Patreon link. Here's the show. Hi, folks. Bob Mark McGuire. Ooh. Mac himself. Who'd have thunk it? Young Bart here was right. We are spying on you pretty much around the clock. But why, Mr. McGuire? Do you want to know the terrifying truth? Or do you want to see me suck a few dingers? Dingers! Dingers! I'm going to guess that you're not a fan of Long Gone Summer. I didn't hate watching it, but I'm not a fan of that documentary, no. No, I I very much enjoyed watching it, but uh, it wasn't good. (laughs) No, it wasn't good. At all. I couldn't really find many places where it was good okay so i wanted to watch this because to me the 98 cubs run is what made the 98 bulls disillusion dissolvement Mm -hmm. (laughs) not as big of a deal because in the chicagoland area keep in mind i'm a freshman slash sophomore in high school um, we had just been. You are a huge Cardinals fan, right? now. <laughs> <laughs> Completely spoiled by the Bulls. Like everyone was a Bulls fan. Like mm-hmm. there's no North Side South Side thing with the Bulls. But the Cubs, lovable losers, blah blah blah. They weren't good for so long. The last time they were in the playoffs was '89. They uh, were amazing in the regular season. They flamed out in the playoffs. Before that was '84. Before that was '69. They almost went to the playoffs. So they didn't. Thanks to the New York Mets. Before that was '45. So it was a long time, right? Right. You got to remember that the Bulls, uh, sorry, Harry Carey was a huge deal in both Chicago and St. Louis. Um, that should be a 30 for 30 about why Harry Carey lost his job in St. Louis, most likely because he slept with uh, one of the owner's wives. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, Harry Carey had just died. He was essentially like the party animal of Chicago. Um, there is one fun anecdote in this 30 for 30 that sort of alludes to that. But um, Sosa getting hot, Kerry Woods' rookie year, setting a strikeout record, was w- completely put the Bulls out of our mind. Not because and it the, seems like it came out of left field, too. Like completely you didn't really out of left field, yeah. completely, in a nice way. Mm-hmm. So that's why the Sosa thing was a huge deal. And one of the few things this doc does well is like showcase how big of a deal it was around the world. Now imagine that in Chicagoland. Sure. So that's why them – the Bulls not playing in the strike season, it it's never even brought up here. The only thing we get is Sammy Sosa saying, like, Michael Jordan's the man, but I'm the man in baseball or something to that effect. I came out of this with um, – I came out of this liking Sammy Sosa more. I was always a Sosa over Maguire guy as a kid, and I'm a Yankees fan. I was a Yankees fan, so I had no real horse in the race. But, yeah, it was easy to root for Sosa over him. I, I have to say, when I started the doc, I laughed so hard at his introduction – where he's the, the the camera's on him and he's like, okay, I'm ready for the fight or whatever. I had to pause it. I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> I thought it was just an amazing introduction. So you knew um, what Sammy Sosa looked like going in, correct? Yeah, I knew about the bleaching, okay. yeah. So I knew about that, so that's not surprising to me. He but didn't the, look as bad as he's looked in previous interviews. That's fair. Slightly better. But the background, that painting 
in Sammy Sosa's oh, house is jaw-droppingly. I want to talk about that painting. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, where do you even start with this, Doc? Man. Um, well, we have to 80% of this conversation, like the documentary, has to be about Mark McGuire. Right? I mean, I, I was like taking notes or trying to take drunken notes while watching this, and I just kept writing down the word racist. Like, this Doc felt so racist. It was insane. <laughs> First of all, yeah, Mark McGuire is 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 the the hero here. Mm -hmm. um, Sosa is kind of like a side story, yeah, and then sure. at the end we get and we'll get to this more. But there's 15 minutes of this two hours dedicated to steroids. 15 minutes, and in that 15 minutes, essentially they paint Bonds as the supervillain. Yeah, because Bonds ends up breaking the record a few years later in 2001. Right. Um, but okay, so. Before we really dive into this thing, did you follow this as a kid? I sure did. Okay, yeah. So this I wasn't like, just I like, like every thing. American. No, 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 no. We were watching all the games. Yeah, we were following it. Okay. Did you care at all, or even know that the Cubs were gonna want to go into the playoffs? No, didn't care. I okay. mean, like, I knew, and I knew. You know, any baseball fan knows the whole Cubs thing, and mm -hmm. like, I was rooting for Sosa, so I was happy that they were getting to the playoffs. And you know, sure. Did you know? about Maguire's history with Conseco and Oakland. Yeah, vaguely. So, I, you know, but I even at the time, you weren't cards. just like, he's on steroids. Um, I, I don't remember, man. Okay. I, like, I, like, it's weird trying to access the memories of it because it all got so tainted, the memory of it mm. with the revelations that I'm like, was I questioning whether or not they were on steroids during that? Or did that, like, I don't remember, you know? Okay, so I think having a... I'm a little older than you. I'm 37, and mm -hmm. that allowed me to have some clarity with this. Oh, I'm sure, and you were more in tune with this all as a Cubs fan, I'm sure. Yeah, but I wasn't... You got to remember, the man, I you don't have to remember anything about my childhood. Um, I was like a play-all-four-sports type of kid, like very good at it, and then I got um, in utero uh, by Nirvana and quit all sports soon after. Yes. So this is my period where I'm like, all athletes are bad men. I only like music and I'm just going to be in bands. There's no one bad in bands. Uh, so this is, the, this is like right in the middle of that. So Oof. like, so are you like begrudgedly following this? I'm begrudgedly following that being like, yeah, I like Sosa. I like the Cubs, but like, I hate myself for liking the Cubs. Wow. Okay. And that kind of thing. So like I didn't go to any games that season or wow. anything around that at all. Like this is like, I'm not playing it. I think I played like, yeah, I played hockey and that really solidified my like, yep, all men are bad people, especially high school hockey athletes. Um, mm -hmm. So I played soccer at the start of the season, and then by the end of it, going sophomore year, I played hockey, and then by junior year, I was completely done. That's important to, to like, I wasn't following it like I would have if it was now. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Okay. But even then, I knew as someone that grew up collecting baseball cards, like, yeah, people don't look like this. People don't get ripped at 35. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Especially Maguire. I mean, and, and you look back at this footage and his forearms are just comical. Yeah. It's, you know. Sosa's almost as bad. His body didn't look nearly as gnarly, but I remember the Sosa rookie cards on the Rangers. I remember Sosa's first few years of the White Sox. Hell, the first few years of the Cubs. Like, he didn't look the same. It wasn't nearly as drastic as Absolutely. Maguire. But you kind of, as a fan, you're like, well, the only pure person out here is Ken Griffey Jr., and the only other one that's close to that is Frank Thomas because he's naturally ripped and everyone else is on the juice. 
I feel like that was the 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 prevailing sense around that time. Yeah. I remember or probably what is this? Give me the years again we're talking. This it's, is 98. Um we trace McGuire. So yeah, that's right about the time probably that I for the first time as a kid tried like creatine, you know? Oh, you and did? Had, like, yeah, I don't know if I had that specifically, but I had friends probably that did on football teams. I think I had some kind of like protein supplement. Nothing crazy. And I probably did it for like a week. Okay. But it was trending. I'll put it that way. Yeah. It was a, <laughs> so a good friend of mine got in an argument about this. I want to say in like 06, 07, 08. And my point was, uh, who cares? The only people that are taking steroids are idiots. I was wrong. And he was he was a professional athlete. And he was like, no, no, no. Kids are dying. I'm like, yeah, but they're dummy and they're going to die anyways. And he got real mad at me. And he was right to be mad at me. So when... When these adults, these adult men, because this is entire doc is about adult men, uh, are criticizing or not criticizing people for taking steroids, I, the whole time I was like, I thought everyone knew. I thought this was like, we just agreed that this is how it works. I mean, this all goes back to Bud Selig, right? Mm -hmm. And how he framed it publicly and brushed it under the rug and acknowledged some of it. And I think that set the tone for the conversation. Until, until suddenly the dam broke. But like, okay, they know. No one brings up that a lot of the reason the hearings even existed was because uh, they don't want to talk about the Iraq War. Wow. Well, the steroid trial and the the steroid hearings in two thousand five only exists to like distract literally everyone in America over something that happened seven years ago that is not impacting people the way they're they're portraying it to be and herein lies the whole problem with this doc and when it opens and you get sosa saying i'm ready for the fight i'm like oh hell yeah we're gonna really get into some like into some shit here mm -hmm. we're gonna get some answers and it was just like the mark mcguire hall of fame video oh yeah this was this definitely felt like a petition to get him into cooperstown unbelievable i was so fucking disappointed yeah i kept looking at the runtime and saying wait are they not gonna do steroids at all and then 15 minutes to go, it's like, I mean, my God, how many caveats they gave with it, though, right? I mean, I wasn't the only one. And even Bob Costas is everyone kind of had their justifications and it just fell flat. The whole thing. Here's the thing that I don't understand about baseball and purists. There are no pure records in baseball because there were no black people in baseball for a very long time. And the majority of those records come from before the league was integrated. And even once the league was integrated, it still wasn't really fair that most clubs had one or two black players. I mean, that's it's, changed. I mean, there's like so many different factors. There is no purity in stat keeping really at all. But that's one of the, and I don't care about that, but that's brought up in this film. Yes. Specifically the, by the, George Will, um, mm -hmm. who does the very classic, I'm a white man in a bow tie. Let me tell you how it used to be better back in the day. And I under, I completely understand the like beauty of comparing people with numbers, but like, that's not a good idea. That's never a good idea. No. Historically, that leads to really bad stuff. Uh, no. Yeah. I can't think of there being any purity in any record at all, ever. I mean... Maybe. Maybe in track. I was going to say that, but then again, the, the, the type of footwear that athletes have now mm -hmm. could give a slight advantage to, you know, it's like time moves on, man. That's it. And people just don't want to accept that. Yeah. And that's why they hold on to these weird ideas, the purity of records. And that was sort of one of the major points of this film. The other being Griffey 
Griffey was supposed to be in Sosa's role, which he was for majority of the season. Yeah, and then he just went cold, like everybody does mid-season when exactly. you're not juicing. And this is why the steroids matter. It, hugely. Not because it lets you hit home runs, but because it lets you – it's your healing factor. Right. Right. And that's the point McGuire was trying to make where it's like, you know, just because I was recovering my muscles, I still have to see the ball, hit the ball. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. But – you would have had a cold streak. Yes. Your body would have needed to recover. And that's all this is. And like, once you, they acknowledge that if that's not in the first five minutes of the film, what are we doing here? That's how I felt the whole time. Not to mention the the other racial elements of this entire period of time. I was, I hated the fans, both fans and McGuire mocking the Sosa kiss. Mm-hmm. It was like, that felt overtly racist. Sammy Sosa kowtowing every single. Well, Sosa's actually smart, being like, "No, McGuire's the man. I'm just, ha- I'm oh, the Dominican man." He was great throughout it, and we we don't even really you hardly touch on his backstory and yeah. and the 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 gravity and the importance of coming from the Dominican Republic. It's just like, oh yeah, he was like in the streets in the DR, and then he came here. That's a that's you know, it's not a footnote. Um, and then I was really confused why there was no pomp and circumstance for Sosa. When and maybe you can tell me when he does break the record, because for a moment he has the record. It's his. McGuire could have pulled a hammy or something and not played the rest of the year, and Sosa would have had it. But there was none of the like oh, everybody okay, taking so what, a bow so and for the people all that. that haven't stuff. Watched it yet. What you're referring to is at one point Sosa was historically the 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 leader, the leader for single season home runs for like a half an hour, right? Correct. That, that didn't matter. What mattered is breaking the Maris record. I guess that's where that's my confusion why, comes. That's why yeah. it wasn't a big deal. Right. So that that was not racism. They were celebrating hardcore. It's just there was no thing. It, it, you had to break the record. Did you ever watch the HBO original film about uh, Maris going for the record? It's a, No. It's a, not good at all, but... Uh, it centers around like actors portraying the Maris kids, like going to the McGuire uh, record-setting game <laughs> in '98. Um, I gotta tell you, I would love a real, real piece of like, I'd watch a ten-hour film about Mickey Mantle because that guy is so fascinating, and Roger Maris is a very fascinating career too. And in that bad fictionalized film, I learned more about real people than I did in this documentary. I learned almost nothing in this documentary other than Sammy Sosa was very charismatic and I enjoy watching him. <laughs> he's also a huge liar. Yeah, of course. But yeah, yeah. he's like, he's, a, he's an awesome heel. Oh, for, uh, no, he's not. Sosa? I think so. No. Now? I don't know. He kind of leans. Uh, no, I don't. I don't agree. I think it's just sad. Like, we don't ever talk about his skin at all. It's never mentioned. Yeah. Come on. I don't know that it needs to be, though. I think it should be. Yeah, it's it's more common than you'd think. You I know? understand it's like, that. Yeah, we that should be that should be mentioned. That should not be uh, the fact that they they kind of sort of go over how each man ended their careers, but not the Sosa, really. The Sosa actual ending is not fun. Um, See, I wanted I had questions for you about this because it shocked me that he still had just not been back to Wrigley. Like, no, because that's. Yeah, his teammates during that 04 season fucking hated him because they said he had he said he had back spasms and then 
Um, I think he was one of the highest played players on the team, which really matters. And then he went to the last, I think once they were out of contention, if memory serves correct, um, you got to remember in 03, they went to the playoffs. O- 03 is the Bartman year. So it's they're good in 03. The next year is when mm-hmm. Sosa flames out. Um, they alluded to this. I'm kind of all over the map. I apologize. In 2003, there was a corked bat issue episode. Um, my friend was actually at that game. We were living in Wrigleyville at the time. We would go to the games a lot, and uh, he happened to be there. And once that happened, he's like, screw this, I'm leaving. <laughs> that lost a lot of goodwill for Sosa. The people that wanted to believe that he was pure, like the cognitive dissidents like, sort of went out the window at that. Sure. And that was about the middle of the season. Uh, and then by the time he actually is going to leave because his contract is up or something like that, um, his teammates in the clubhouse fucking hate him, and he leaves, and they – destroy his boombox with bats because he put oh, blast God. music from his boombox you know so the cubs don't pick up his contract he gets traded to the orioles and um he plays for the orioles uh it doesn't go well and then uh no one wants him and then he gets offered a minor league contract by the nats and he says no i think no then he ends up at the orioles he ended up, he ends up hitting his 500th home run with the texas rangers the team he started his career with that I remember. So that's what happened. I apologize. I just ended up. I don't know. I kind of like. I liked him in this. So and a few is, times he says stuff like he, he's like, "Oh, the Hall of Fame, whatever. I've got my family. I'm good." Like yeah. he just kind of seems to shrug it off a bit more. Where McGuire is still trying to convince you that he's pure. Well, McGuire's still in the game. That's the big difference. McGuire's right. still in professional ba- major league baseball. Sosa is yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Sosa tried good to for play Sosa. for the World Baseball Classic in like '09. It's not. A good ending for either of these men. Well, I think McGuire's ending is a lot less sad because which is which is sad in its own right. Like, oh, for why sure. should he? Why should he get that privilege? Okay, so you know how like there are like huge war criminals, but like now that they're not as bad as certain people in the administration, you're like oh, these huge war criminals aren't that bad. Yeah, right, that's right, McGuire. Exactly. Yeah, it is. It is it's George Bush painting cats. Exactly. So, did you ever see the Lonely Island McGuire? Uh, Conseco thing on Netflix. Nope. Watch that tonight if you want. Uh, clearly, everything is if you want or don't want. Tell I would me, just love to spend more brain space on. Uh, you you'll know, learn Mark more Meyer. than you did oh. during this, and it's it's really good. <laughs> it's really. I was, it was so unpleasant to spend this much time with Mark McGuire. Truly. Did you ever see the <laughs> Simpsons episode with McGuire? Probably at that time, but it's been a really long time. All I could think about once this was done was McGuire on The Simpsons and Sosa's baseball has been very, very good to me meme. Um, mm. but I didn't know mm-hmm. until today that that was actually taken from uh, a Garrett Cole SNL character. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, th- this was used in a uh, direct-to-VHS uh, video called Slam and Sammy. Yes, yes, yes. I, 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 I see it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In the he says baseball been better, everybody good to me. That is from an SNL skit from the late seventies. Interesting. Anyways, that's all you need to know. Like the, these two things and McGuire on The Simpsons. Uh, do, do you want to hear me tell the truth about this organization, or do you want to see me hit dingers? That's the, that's all this is. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about baseball generally? Um, the, the older I am, the less I like it, but I love it (laughs) still. So I, I started thinking about the sport 
and how unnatural it is. And meaning like the human body is not supposed to do this stuff. You're not supposed to wind your arm back and thrust it like a hundred times a game. You know, Mm -hmm. that's why all these weird injuries in baseball happen. I mean, surgeries that came from, you know, that had never existed before pitchers needed it. Um, people taking steroids, all that stuff. Like, yeah, your body's not supposed to do this shit. And to some extent, all sports are unnatural, but you think about soccer, basketball, track, it's like, that makes sense Mm -hmm. as something to do with the human body. Baseball just doesn't. Sure, I don't disagree. So it just feels like, I've always wondered this, if I will live to see the extinction of a major sport. No, okay, and here's why. Um, When I was a kid, I always thought that people wouldn't be racist because like that's just what older people are they're just like of course uh-huh. not. and that that hasn't been proven true so no certainly baseball is always going to exist um the, the always reason, though i don't know about always until there i die at least until right I die. so yeah you just think there's not enough time left in our lives to see yeah that. i don't think because it's gonna sport. either be baseball or american football but one of one of those will be the first to go maybe not in our lifetimes but um I don't know. You know what I mean? I do. I know exactly what you mean. I don't know. Yeah. The, it's weird that we have kids that play baseball from such a young age. Again, weird thing to do with your body. No, I do. at that age, it's not. I don't know, but but it primes them to... Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. At that baseball age, you're not exerting enough energy. the most lessons learned sport you could play as a kid. So maybe that's what... Maybe that's why these things are preserved it's also one of the safest to play as a kid of the major four or five if you count soccer in america it's probably the safest and maybe it's almost the easiest to stage and yeah it's one of the cutest and it's inclusive in that like you mm-hmm. don't really have to be good you can kind of just like yeah. stand in the outfield and strike out twice yeah. a game and hide mm-hmm and that's nice. It's not. I love it, and it's the best sport for radio. Yeah, it's the. Best I just came sport. away from this feeling really bad about the whole sport. Did you mind the uh, the cutting between the present day fields to the ninety eight season? Yeah, it's fine. I was completely fine with that, but I saw a lot of criticism. It was like some people were tweeting like the. Why are they showing the Wrigley Field with that scoreboard? That scoreboard came nine years after Sosa had been gone from the Cubs. It's oh, like, yeah, yeah, that's not the fucking point, guys. Like, yeah, who cares? The McGuire that's Stadium that's was bone different. you have to pick. That that's your bone. Doesn't you're exist. I just think that th- that was one of the good things about the Last Dance is just like cutting between time and allowed people. It didn't allow people, but allowed the filmmakers to fuck with that a lot more. Yeah. So yeah, th- that didn't bother me. The fact that like we hear from one Cub being Kerry Wood and one well you hear from two Cardinals one player and Tony La Russa. it's like oh I well, guess you yeah. the manager from the Cubs too so there's just not a lot of interviews from anybody well, because it's so toxic everyone's like I'm not touching that hell no maybe that's it I didn't think about that right who wants to talk about that because as Sosa says and I believe everybody was fucking oh, you know yeah. and he Except makes a Griffin. point like, he, was. he's like why me you know that's not a good. And that's also a bad defense. <laughs> it's a bad defense, but it's coming from a a place that of reason. Um, yeah, 
the other thing that stood out to me were the riots in the stadium when they ejected Maguire for arguing the call yes. and people were I'm like, God damn. What shitty fans. <laughs> what uh, shitty people. The did you know who scored it? No. Jeff Tweedy. Oh, scored the duck. I did see that yeah. by the end, yeah. Which is great because Jeff Tweedy was uh, born and raised just outside of St. Louis, uh, clearly a Chicago artist since his early 20s. Perfect, like the only one that's qualified to do this, at least in terms of location. I didn't like the score at all, but that could be just... <laughs> and I, I like Tweedy. I like Wilco. I'm yeah, not... Yeah. You know, I'm into him, but it just... There were just so many moments of Maguire, like nostalgia with like this uh, guitar music. It just... Ugh. <laughs> what I would have liked that I think that they could have easily done was uh, let us know how much these guys made for the league. Uh, how much merch sales went up between 97 and 99 because of this home run race. Tangible number stuff would really help illustrate just how impactful these guys were and if they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame because of it, because they did bring baseball back. I don't think it's crazy to say that. Of course they did. Without them, the you know, yeah, the Bonds thing, like we were all primed to follow. I followed that as well when it was happening. Yeah, but the Bonds thing, even as it was happening, was like, you're on the juice. Oh, it was so obvious. I mean, the guy looked like the fucking Hulk. I don't remember him breaking the Maguire record being a big deal. I just remember him breaking the Hank Aaron record being a big deal, and so many people didn't want it to happen. I remember both. Okay. And, yeah, th there was less... Uh, it was it was a bit more divided, I think, because by that point the steroids conversation had changed and evolved. So I'm assuming you never read Game of Shadows. Nope. Okay, it's good. I really enjoyed it, um, and I think that because of this, baseball has been better than ever. If you look at the best players, they do not look like these guys. If they are on steroids, they're on incredible steroids that you would never know. And I think the game has changed for the better. I really, really do. Yeah, I mean, so my last period of really following baseball was probably like the um, Robinson Cano, A-Rod, Yankees. So the that, early part of the decade, last decade. Yeah, mm -hmm. toward what seems like the end of their dominant run. Yeah. Um, you know, the Red Sox loss was a, was a huge blow, did but you, I was never that into it. Did you watch the A-Rod doc? Uh, on Netflix that came out, I want to say in like July or August of last year. I haven't, and I've just that one's I've that one's with kids. Things. I highly recommend it. That's a great doc. It's like a fun true crime story. Okay, that's and it's a about one. steroids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you I never notice really what ESPN him. was airing before uh, this Thirty for Thirty? No, they were airing the two thousand home run derby. Uh, which oh, that's funny. boiled down to Sosa versus uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Sosa wins, and do you know who the current player on commentary was? No. A-Rod. Ha. Sounds do you know what A-Rod right. is currently doing? Besides yeah, being commentary. A, he's done commentary on Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, and he's fucking great. Yeah, he's good. I've seen him. He's he's smart, and he's good. Yeah. I've always liked him. I, I He was not a player I loved to watch, though. No. Um, I I loved Giambi was a lot of fun, but we knew he was juicing. Yeah, he was still fun. Gary Sheffield was my favorite at that point yeah. for the Yankees, and it was a short-lived Yankees run. But I loved him. He was impactful. He, yeah, 
And he's the kind of guy that uh, probably had steroid shots to overcome injuries, but I don't think he was juicing for the sake of juicing. Uh, but who knows? I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's like, where do you draw those lines? With Canseco. I do remember Frank Thomas being the one defense for everybody, being like, well, that guy has always been yeah. that way. Consistency. He was always huge. He should have played football. Mm-hmm. And you could tell he wasn't on steroids because he missed so many years because of injuries. Right, 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 That's, right, right. You should have taken steroids. He would have hit fucking 100 home runs. Right, guy like Mark Teixeira, you know. How does his career and like you know you wonder what it's and what do you do with it? Do you asterisk everything? Do you strike stuff from the record? I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't care. The reason why a lot of this matters is because the payday for these guys once they're in the Hall of Fame is exponentially higher. Just that is these, that right? Oh, it's huge. Why? Because of the autographs they could add HOF and then the number they're in, the year they're inducted. Oh, I'm not joking. And the balls and the cards, etc are increased i think by like a value of four it's it's definitely worth it to get into the hall of fame just for that reason here's a doc i'd like to watch the strange inflated and imaginary market of baseball memorabilia there's a very not good documentary about that on netflix that came out last year specifically about baseball cards and about how it upper makes deck no sense to me lied about remember the ken griffey jr 1990 rookie card uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah um, the fact that that's not like a T-shirt is mind blowing to me. But anyways, uh, Upper Deck lied and had you're you're not supposed to just like print individual cards because that it will it's like printing money. It's you're not supposed to do it because it fucks up the market, right? Once that was discovered, they were no longer able to produce cards from Major League Baseball, and it made their stock worthless. And they were like the biggest guys in town. And now the only one oh you're saying they were just producing single exactly. cards of that to sell for premium prices exactly the whole thing i mean i guess you draw the comparison to art right like Mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's a huge mystery to me and when you start seeing some of the numbers of like oh mcguire's ball sold for three million or whatever it was i mean it's confusing well that's the one pure in theory the pure souvenir is the ball and as opposed to what would be an impure souvenir. Oh, just a baseball card. A baseball card is just anything. Anybody could print a baseball card and that's what it is. It, it's it's whatever. There's balls are one of one. It's like a piece of art. It's a one of one. Prints in theory should be worth next to nothing. And that's what baseball cards are, right? Mm-hmm. So Todd McFarlane buying all those baseballs. That's a more interesting doc than this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think he did the same with Bonds. Like, does he regret any of these baseball purchases? What does he plan to do with them? Absolutely. I think they are. They still have to have some sort of value just for the oddity. Does he plan to donate them to Cooperstown? Did Cooperstown want to buy him? Did other baseball collectors hate this guy, or did they just jack up prices knowing he would buy him? Like, there's a lot of questions. Why didn't Mark McGuire give the groundskeeper yes. crew person any money when he nobly brought that ball back? That was that got glossed over whatever i mean i yeah there's so many more interesting things they could have done with that doc it was kind of a complete waste in my opinion it did make me happy though to see some sort of baseball on television yeah like i said i didn't it was it was fine but i didn't i don't know when it was over i didn't feel very good (laughs) the last dance made me want to watch more the last dance yeah and this just this didn't I was totally fine. This was like I ate a bunch of McDonald's and I didn't get sick. And I'm like surprised I didn't get sick. You know what I mean? 
I think I got a little more sick than you. <laughs> I don't know. It's just there was a lot to do. It's I don't understand when documentaries don't go for things that could burn bridges because you've already got the access. You're not a dated you're not a daily you're not a beat reporter trying to get these guys to talk to you on a daily basis. So why not just go for it? Because I'm sure that especially McGuire, he agreed to it under condition, you know, again, it's like the Jordan executive producing thing. It's like, I'm sure he just doesn't even get involved if it's going to be that doc. And I'm sure they pitch it to him like, no, 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 this is about the capturing the magic of the moment. You versus Sosa. And I don't know. That's not an interesting story to me. I think it is an interesting story if you tell the whole story. If you tell the whole story, yeah. I wish otherwise it's just two dimensional. I wish we got more with his kid. Because the fact that we saw his kid at all was kind of cool. His the the back boy kid. Mm-hmm. My wife didn't think that they had a good relationship because they had to pull him out of school. He didn't realize the the gravity of the moment. But my response was, well, he's that young. He doesn't understand that this record existed for so long and baseball purists and X, Y, and Z and the game coming back. He's just following his dad. I think they did have a close relationship, but that's never posed. And if it was posed, it just wasn't included in the film. That's the kind of stuff where two more minutes of that would have given us some sort of idea of what he was like as a father and how that matters in a home run race in a game that just purely it's a game that fetishizes father and son relationships it does it, it absolutely does and we get that with harry carey's kid right and um this is grandson oh grandson sorry yeah. and um yeah there there, there are a few I, I'm, I'm forgetting but there are a few other father-son things but again this is like potentially like there's this idea of American fathers and American sons. We don't touch Sosa's family mm-hmm. or his story. Mm-hmm. And that to me is the the link between the Dominican Republic and the Major League Baseball organization. That is so fucking fascinating yeah. and problematic in some ways and um, beautiful in some ways. But we don't even go, you know, and that's its own doc, I suppose. But. Yeah, I don't know. We don't get any of that. And there are a few of those docs, but the, I don't think a, I don't know. Maybe majority of baseball fans do know that like a lot of these people are kids that are drafted at sixteen and then like instantly leave their home country indefinitely. Maybe yes. maybe it's super common knowledge and and we're underestimating people. It is, but I I don't I think this doc understates how important it was in the Dominican Republic during this time. Oh, that's a good when point. like yes, there had been stars from there, but this was, you know, you get uh, George Bush at a presidential debate making a joke about not drafting Sammy so or not, you know, trade? trading Sammy Sosa. Um, it was a huge, huge deal for the DR. Mm-hmm. And we just got, I think, one shot of people in a bar watching Yeah, in the DR. It was just, I don't know. But we got so much McGuire Americana. Yeah, and we're supposed to feel sorry for him because of like he's like I feel like the Beatles. I'm like, oh god, are we supposed to feel up, sorry man. for McGuire? I don't know. There was a moment in that film where he's talking about like the pressure and yeah, people following you around and I, I, I you know. Meanwhile, Sosa's I forget whose quote it was. They were like Sosa would interview or be interviewed by a ham sandwich, yeah. and I like I love that. And to me, he was more likable for that reason. It was oh, like sure. a, a better type of narcissism than Maguire's narcissism. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. More playful. <laughs> well, this was just fun with the moment. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, it's okay. 
you know, not everything can be the last dance. No, but I, I learned, I, I learned a bit more. I think it's fun to revisit this with some perspective. Do you want to see anything from 1998 ever again? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Is there, okay. What's one sports story from 1998 that you'd like to see be it a single episode of 30 for 30 or a 10 part documentary? How about this? The Ron Artest story, which starts in 1998 as he's drafted to the Bulls immediately after Jordan retires. 